Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, and it is all on our plate right now. Unimaginable brilliance on the basketball court yesterday. NFL draft in its entirety behind us. Game sevens behind us and in front of us in the NHL. So much to do, so little time. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, the one place to start is going to be with the football. Here's the way we're going to do this because we just have so much to dive into that I'm going to sort of divide it up into portions here. I'm going to start with the draft. Mike Tannenbaum, Dan Graziano, good enough to hang out after we wrap up. Get up, and so we will do that here first, and then I'll dive into the basketball and Steph Curry and everything else that happened yesterday. It was a fellas, thank you both. And, and, and first off, thank you to everybody who sent me nice notes over the weekend. The NFL Draft is my favorite assignment that I have here over the course of the year. I, mean, I, I love my job, and I love all the things I get to do. I love the TV show in the morning. I love this radio show. I love hosting the NBA but those two nights that I get to sit in the middle of the draft with Mel Kuyper and Lewis Riddick and my buddy Booger um, are, are just the, the two most exciting nights of my year because the action of it is incredible. And this year in particular, that first Thursday night, just with all the trades, it was a thrill and I got really nice feedback. So my thanks to everybody. Let's dive in with both feet here. Graziano, where should it begin? To you, as we come out on this Monday, what is the number one headline coming out of the NFL Draft Weekend? I think what the Eagles did, the work the Eagles did, right? I mean, well-reviewed, obviously, getting those two Georgia defenders in the first round, you know, trading for the running back and DeAndre Swift later. I, I just feel like it was... I, the, the team, the teams that do this well, sort of always do this well, right? Like you're always impressed with the Ravens coming coming out of the draft, right? The Eagles uh, have been a team like that, so I think you know th- th- that was the standout to me overall was 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 the job they did on a team that had two first round picks after playing in the Super Bowl, uh, maybe setting themselves up for for something very special long term. I think so too. And Tannenbaum, let me for, for make sure that everyone listening understands the circumstances. Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, was, in the opinion of every person I asked, the best football player available in this draft. But the question marks were extraordinary, and they went beyond the incident in which two people tragically died and he pled no contest to multiple charges. They also went into areas of his motivation, whether he, you know, all, all the immaturity, so many questions about him. And everything I heard from people was he needs to be in the right place. And the fact that he winds up that the Eagles, who have N'Kobe Dean, who according to everyone was like the unquestioned alpha leader of that Georgia defense two years ago, and that when he was there, Carter seemed like a different person. And then in his absence this past year, Carter had a lot of ups and downs. If they get the best out of Jalen Carter, they got the best player in this draft at number nine on a defense that already almost set the all-time record for sacks. Oh, by the way, they also draft Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from the, from the same school who might have been the best player doing what he does in this entire class. Oh, by the way, they trade for DeAndre Swift. I can't begin to fathom how good I think the Eagles have the potential to be. I I think they separated themselves, certainly from the NFC, if not everybody else. Yeah, no, agree. that's really well said. And that's where, like, it matters where you go because the culture they have now with the leadership of Nicobe Dean and 
Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts is the CEO of that team, and he has impeccable character. His dad's a high school coach. That is to be where they could get away with taking a risk because if they hit, they will hit immensely big. And we talked about on the show, if there is a vulnerability on this defense is they weren't great against the run. And Jordan Davis, the other first-rounder from last year, didn't play well. I expect him to play better. So they got not only a great player, but they checked a massive box because they patched work it with Linville Joseph and Indominus Sue. Jordan Davis only played 10 snaps in the Super Bowl. Hmm. That says a lot. So if they could make teams play from behind – and let their undersized, fast pass rusher like Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat and now Nolan Smith go, they will be really hard to beat. Granny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Danny, I'm asking you to do my work for me here because I, I'm so in the middle of everything that happens in the draft. Everything feels important to me. <laughs> so I'm asking you, what was the next most important thing? Like, what, As far as most fans are concerned, what else stood out to you? I think most fans. I'm trying to think. Like, I, I mean, like, what, 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 what turned specific. out to be the biggest things? Like, what, what did what were what was ever, to me? Everything that happened was monstrous. I mean, it's always quarterbacks, right? I mean, right. I, th- I think the, the Colts deciding that Anthony Richardson was their guy at four. Uh, very interesting pick because he's a lot of projection still for him, but but incredibly high. Uh, ceiling and potential and then will levis falling into the second round what does that mean for him for tennessee i mean that that's not a that's not necessarily a bad spot for him ryan Tannehill's got two years left on his contract nothing guaranteed so if levis comes quickly he could be their starter in 2024 hendon hooker i like to the lions same kind of thing two years left on jared Goff's contract you know, you rehab Hendon Hooker, get, maybe he's in position to start for you in 2024. So, and then, of course, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud at the top who probably uh, start right away. I'll tell you what, one team we, we don't really talk much about is the Arizona Cardinals, and I think they did a remarkable job from this standpoint. They got a great left tackle in Paris Johnson, and they got a first and a third from the Houston Texans, yeah. who I think way overpaid. I think Will Anderson's a really good player, but part of it is managing your capital, managing risk, and I think Houston just – way overpaid for Will Anderson. If we're sitting here a year from now, guys, it's very likely and reasonable to think that Arizona will have two picks in the top five. Yeah. And I know, you agree, you, you make a joke of it. Like, every time this year, we always say, oh, well, next year's quarterbacks. But Drake May of North Carolina, Caleb Williams of USC, both have a chance to be great quarterbacks. So they have really solid Kyle Murray insurance, and they got a really good left tackle. I had an interesting about Houston. Like, if if they had picked Will Anderson, too, and then tra- made that exact same trade to go up to three for C.J. Stroud, would you have considered that an overpay? Because well, it's for a quarterback. Right, but no, but the answer is they didn't do it that way. No, 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 right, but, right, but here's right. my thing, right? If but they, it's the same if they, thing. But, but if it, they didn't take but, Stroud, too, if they took Anderson, too, they might not have been able to make the trade up to three because Tennessee might have outbid them Correct. and actually but, had a higher pick. Right, but I, I still think you take C.J. Stroud, too. I just don't think Will Anderson's worth that sort of capital. Yeah, like there, there were other, interesting. Yeah. I, I, just, I found it because it's like in order to get them both, they had to take Stroud first right. because no otherwise they, they would have right. been in a bidding war for that three pick. I, th- I think they should have just taken Stroud and gone from there at 12. I'm just saying yeah. Will Anderson's a really good yeah, yeah, player. No, I get you. I he just, is not Von Miller, though. Yeah. Is he so much better... I'm, I'm agreeing with you at 14. So two picks after where Houston would otherwise have been picking, they could have taken Will McDonald, the fourth, the guy the Jets took. They play the same position, right? right. He and, and Will Anderson do the same thing. Is he is Will Anderson so much better than him that you had to give up everything that you gave up to get to that spot? I agree. The point Graziano is making is actually a fascinating one. Because you say to yourself, well, what's the difference? Which one you traded up for? You took one, two. You took the other one, three. If they had taken Will Anderson, two, 
They would not have gotten C.J. Stroud not. three. Or it Tennessee would have traded up there to get Or him. it would have cost them even more but, if all of a sudden you have to outbid another team. But, Dan, I like the point Green just made down here. I'd rather have C.J. Stroud, Will McDonald, yeah. and a 1-3 and next, next year. next year's first-round pick. And sure. For, because here's why. Yeah. You have a rookie head coach and you have C.J. Stroud. A million things are going to happen. I have been there right. with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. We were 7-8. and eight, I mean, 8-7, uh, and seven, we should have been average and we've lucked into the championship game point being you don't know what's going to happen so if you are houston like that first round pick is incredibly mm-hmm. important now you do have cleveland's but you really want to have your own so that last scenario to me would have been scenario a for houston take cj stroud take a pass rusher at 12 and have the one in the three for next year greeny with you here don't forget the two best words in sports are on the way tonight Game 7, don't miss Rangers, Devils, 8 Eastern on ESPN TV. And don't forget, you can also always watch our program on the ESPN app. Just click on watch, look for hashtag Greeny, and enjoy. To go back to what you said about—oh, go ahead. Greeny, can I share with the audience my favorite moment of the weekend? (laughs) I know what this is going to be. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm covering the draft, a couple days of TV, and then I did the ESPN radio broadcast for three days, which was also great with Chris Carlin and Chris Canny, Ian Fitzsimmons, Jason Reed. We had a great time, a lot of fun. But the morning, the Friday morning of the draft, you know, we're standing in the lobby's Lowe's Hotel, and uh, Mr. Greenberg walks by, and uh, I happen to be talking to the Brickishaw Ferguson, Dan, uh-huh. a former great left tackle yeah. for the New York Jets who happens to be 40 years old and in great shape. And while Greeny was very respectful to me, almost dismissive because he immediately turned to DeBrickishaw and said, hey, where do you live? And DeBrickishaw says, well, I live in Princeton. And Greeny goes into, hey, look, we only need you for six months. (laughs) I'm recruiting. Well, we didn't get the left tackle. We didn't get the left tackle that we wanted. And and two things conspired against us. One, the 13-15 flip. Yep. The 13-15 flip, the second it happened, I said on this show and on Get Up, the flip of, of draft picks, that 13-15 flip that we made with Green Bay could wind up costing us. And then Bill Belichick, whose entire <laughs> life revolves around screwing the Jets, did it again. From what I heard, he initiated the trade with Pittsburgh to make sure that the Steelers came up there to 14 and got the tackle so that the Jets wouldn't. So he made sure that was like, to use a very dated response or a very dated example, but the older people will know what I'm talking about. That was like Paul Lynn for the block, like in the old days on Hollywood (laughs) Square. That's what that was. That was making sure the Jets didn't get the player that they wanted at 14. So it was a combination of those two. The Jets don't get the offensive tackle. They take the pass rusher, and I need the Brickishaw now yeah. to come back out every time. He says he just shaped. And Graz Green just goes right into Like, here's the commute from Princeton to Florham Park. It's that's only not, six it's months. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not bad at all, Princeton to Florham Park. That's my area in New Jersey down there near Princeton. But look, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And Belichick was able to still get his guy, which is even more frustrating for you, right? I he, thought he got the best. I thought, no, no, again, now we're getting into the minutiae here. I yeah. thought Christian Gonzalez was the best corner in this draft, and he wound up, go, I believe, third mm-hmm. amongst all the corners. Right? Yeah. Oh, they took Devin Washington Witherspoon took the went guy, very yeah. high. And then Forbes. And, and then Forbes went in the middle there. And then, and then so Ben Belichick gets the guy mm-hmm. that I thought he wanted, all, that, that I would have thought he would have wanted if he was picking much higher. Here's the interesting question. I'm glad they got him because their other corners are small. Christian Gonzalez is a great athlete. He can play man-to-man, but Coach Belichick wants his corners to tackle. And yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the one question you have with Gonzalez. Devin Witherspoon, to me, he was Antoine Winfield Jr. He is a linebacker that happens to be playing corner. Yeah. He, 
there, there were to be like less questions about him than Gonzalez. When he hits people, they stay hit. Gonzalez, <laughs> though, his athleticism oh, is yeah. his father's a six nine basketball player yeah. for the Columbia national basketball team. I have all my notes, by the way, that I didn't get in. His oh. sister happens to be married to David Blau, the NFL quarterback. No kidding. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I have a million notes that I, <laughs> that, I, that I didn't get in. The Jets dra- drafted a running back, Israel Abanacanda from Brooklyn. Yep. So Brooklyn in the house, the Jets like taking a lot of local players. Yeah. And, and a tackle for what? Uh, Patterson. From Patterson, Patterson yeah. New Jersey. Carter Warren is originally from Patterson, New Jersey. He had injury problems in college. So we'll see if he's ready. I don't. I don't think they drafted him in the fourth round, thinking he's going to be their starting left tackle. Right? No, that's agreed. not realistic. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, not a just a backup. Yeah. So we'll see what winds up. Right, give me one more. St- oh, Levis. Let's go quickly back to Levis. Yeah, Levis. I mean, look, it's a Tennessee again with the second round pick instead of the first, which you know is is big for them. If he can be their starter in twenty twenty four, then they got a really nice deal on him and they drafted the offensive lineman they like in the first round uh, to help protect Tannehill in the short term and maybe Levis in the long term so that would be Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern that'd be Northwestern right but listen I mean like like Levis this might have been really good for him right like if they draft him 11th then all of a sudden there's gonna be if they start losing games there's pressure for him to play and and he may it may be nice for him to take a year Dan like another story that we've covered now for a while like it's much better to be 34 than at the bottom of the first round. Just ask Jalen Hurts. You get paid a year sooner. Oh, so, right. No fifth-year yeah, option. So, yeah. like, while it was devastating, and I don't mean to minimize the human aspect of staying there on national TV yeah. and how awful that must have been, when you look back at it in a couple of years, the greatest thing that may have happened is to be picked at the top of the second round. 100 Percent. In fact, I'm going to do my top five takes coming up here in a couple of minutes, and that is going to be one of them. I think of all the quarterbacks, the one who landed in the best position is Levis. Um, and I thoroughly disagree with Dan Orlovsky in the debate that you and he were having this morning. The best thing, in my opinion, for a rookie quarterback is not to have to play. Um, and he doesn't go to a terrible team and so many of the things that usually happen. Now, Bryce Young doesn't go to a terrible team either because his team didn't have the first pick in the draft. They had the ninth and had to trade up, but your team doesn't have to give anything up to do it. I think Levis winds up in the best position. Again, I agree with you. Not to minimize how frustrating and I'm sure on some level embarrassing it is to be sitting there. He could wind up with the last laugh. You guys are the best. Graziano Tannenbaum, thank you both very Thanks. much. I appreciate it. I did indeed try and uh, and recruit uh, DeBrickashaw. <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. Anyway, I've got my top five takes. Plus, we got Steph Curry yesterday, plus so much more. Stick around. We're just getting started. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y.
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny's Takes. All right, let me give you my top five takes as I have the assembled members of the hashtag crew assembled around me. And uh, before I begin them, I will say good morning to Bubba and Cam, who are with us in Bristol today. We're going to be without Hembo for quite some time now. Bubba, what, 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 how are we going to manage this without Hembo? This is going to be so delightful. I'm not sure how we're going to handle it. Uh, yeah, I mean, just so everyone's aware, he's out for child bonding. Not for May. May and June. May, June, July. May, June, July, and August. That's how long he's going to be gone. That's, he's not kidding. It's that's almost a, unfathomable. That's how long Hembo is going to be gone. So... Um, I think we'll manage, though. We'll be okay. Oh, we'll, we'll more than manage. I mean, we'll actually get to have some fun around here without having to be slowed down by the inanity we'll that do, is... Yeah, we'll do better with the pop culture. Yeah, the occasional bad Broadway song singing and all the other things that Hembo generally brings to the table. All right, here we go. My top five NFL draft take. Number five. Uh, Belichick screwed the Jets. I mean, that's exactly what happened here. If you look at the draft chart, Cam, the way it works is the move that Belichick made, the trade that he made to go down from 14 to 17, the cost of that is a third-round pick. The Steelers should have to have given up a third-round pick. Belichick took a fourth instead. He took less than the asking price. He took 90 cents on the dollar, however you want to put it, to move back so that the Steelers would come up and take the player that he knew the Jets wanted. He, Belichick, didn't want him. They didn't want to draft a tackle. He wanted to draft a corner, and there were two really good ones still sitting there. He knew he would get one of the two he wanted by moving back. So he went to a spot that he knew would come up and take the tackle and took less money, if you will, took less than the draft cost would normally cost in order to move back and make sure the Jets did not get the tackle 
to put in front of Aaron Rodgers. Cam, your reaction? Yeah, I just think it's funny because there's a lot of conjecture about if this could maybe even be Bill Belichick's like last season and last draft. So I think it would be so funny if even on the way out he's like middle finger to the Jets. There's nothing as always. he loves more than sticking it to the Jets. I actually think he likes sticking it to the Jets more than he cares about winning. Like I, I think I think if you told him right now that either you could just compl- you could ruin the Jets franchise for eternity or you could win more. I think he would take the ruination of the Jets. I don't know what it is, but this has stayed with him forever, and he absolutely stuck it to the Jets on Thursday. Number four. All right, my top takes. Number four, Michael Mayer is a great example of the biggest problem that the NFL draft has. So, so Bubba, let's go through this. Because I host this thing, I start collecting mock drafts the moment they become available. And it's this, the reason is very simple. I need to know which players to study. I'm not a draft analyst, so I need to know which players I'm going to have to know about. So McShay puts out a mock draft right after the last games are played. Like, like I want to say it was a week or so. You can go back and find it. Like a week or so after the college football national championship game. Georgia plays TCU, and very shortly thereafter, McShay puts out a mock draft. And I, so I immediately go to that and I start, okay, these are the players I need to know. And that's where I begin. Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame, and I will read you my notes on him, was the eighth ranked player in the draft at that time. In January, he was thought to be the eighth best player in the draft. Let me read you because I didn't really get a chance to do it because he wound up going in round two. And that's the point here. Let me read you all the things I can tell you about that tight end from Notre Dame and how ridiculously good he is. The Irish have had so many great tight ends, none as productive as this young man. He caught 180 balls, broke Tyler Eifert's career record for tight ends at Notre Dame, grew up in Kentucky where he was the Gatorade High School Player of the Year and MVP of the state championship game. They called him Baby Gronk when he got to South Bend, but he says he models his game more after Travis Kelsey, and he gets in the end zone. He set the school touchdown record for tight ends as a sophomore and then broke it last year as a junior. He's a great player. He was the number eight prospect in the draft in January. No games were played between then and Thursday. And somehow, he wound up the third tight end off the board into the second round on Friday night. And this is what is wrong with the process. They lose track of the football, and they just start with the, well, his cone drill wasn't, and all this kind of stuff. And the reality is, Michael Mayer is going to be the best tight end from this draft. I stake my reputation as a draft analyst, of which I have none on that statement. Bubba, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was even more surprised, just as a, from a Cowboys perspective, because literally every Cowboys mock draft, whether it was ESPN or non-ESPN, had them taking a tight end, and they didn't have them taking Mayer because Mayer was already gone in every mock draft. So he was already picked earlier, and then they, would, they had the Cowboys usually either taking Kincaid or the other tight end. And then when the Cowboys picked, they didn't take a tight end. So I was then Mayer was available. So I, I was shocked both by both decisions that Mayer fell and that the Cowboys didn't take him when he was right there. So I'm I'm going back here to one of the so January 16th, the 33rd team put out a mock draft and, and maybe that's the one that I'm thinking of. 
And in this mock draft, they had Michael Mayer going. I'm going through it here. Uh, there's Broderick Jones, who the Jets didn't get to draft. They, they had him going somewhere in here very high. I, don't, I can't. I can't. Here it is. They had him going 15 in this draft. He winds up going into the second round. So, I mean, th- that to me is a great example of where these people talk themselves into and out of the most obvious thing. Number three. Uh, number three, I think Will Levis is in the best position of any of the quarterbacks because he will not be expected to play immediately and he will get the chance to actually develop. He didn't get drafted by a terrible team. And <coughs> most importantly, if he's good, he'll get paid much sooner than the others will. <coughs> the other three who went in the first round, and I know I'm not trying to discount how embarrassing and frustrating it must be to be sitting in that room all night long with Susie and Melissa Stark staring at you, you know, and, and you know that the cameras are on you and and all the rest of that and not being drafted. I, 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 I am positive that has to have been a frustrating experience. But I'm equally positive that if he's an excellent player, He's going to get a chance to prove it, and his career will not be impacted adversely in any way by not having gone at the top of the first round the other night. In fact, he will will get hit to his second contract sooner. Look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts got to his contract a year sooner because he went in the second round. There's no fifth-year option for these teams that they get on round one picks. I think Will Levis may wind up being the biggest winner of all the quarterbacks, despite it seeming like he was the biggest loser. Number two. Number two, the Eagles are the best team. What the Eagles did in this draft was extraordinary. Their general manager is on his way to the Hall of Fame. Cam, you have to be beside yourself with glee at the draft that the Eagles had, including the trade for DeAndre Swift. Yeah, and it's two years in a row now that maybe even they're, you know, they got Jalen Carter. They got all these Georgia guys. They got like five Georgia players. I was surprised they didn't take Stetson Bennett later on in the draft, <laughs> honestly. But the biggest move that they made was DeAndre Swift this year, A.J. Brown last year. And it's kind of funny that Howie's now known for these amazing drafts the last few years because he's the guy who missed on Justin Jefferson and got Jalen Rager, missed on DK Metcalf and got J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. So now that he's like this, he's always been a whiz with the cap, but now that he's nailing the drafts too, it just puts them so much far ahead before the season even starts. I I think the Eagles are or should be a prohibitive favorite in the NFC for sure. Number one. And then number one, the theme of this draft was trades, 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 a record 43 trades were executed over the course of the weekend. That doesn't even include all the ones that happened before, including the Aaron Rodgers deal and everything else. So 43 trades, which was a record. And I will tell you guys quickly, um, and I'll give you some behind-the-scenes stuff on the draft because, you know, a lot of people watched, and um, it's so exciting. I mean, genuinely thrilling to be in the middle of it. But the way it works is that I have a sheet where I keep track of all the picks that have been made so I can refer back to it. And then, you know, when a trade gets made, I just scratch out the team that had been selecting in that spot and I put a new one in. And and that's the way I did it my first year. And then I figured out, well, that's a bad idea. You want to see where it originally came from. So now I just write the new team next to it. The trades came so fast and so furious the other day that I literally gave up on paying attention to how they had gotten there. Like, if I had said to you, all right, the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock right now. If you had said to me, I must tell you why they're on the clock right now, I would have said, all right, guys, and so the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock right now. I haven't the faintest idea why. 
I literally have no idea why they're picking now. This is from a trade that happened at some point earlier tonight, and I don't know which one. Because there were so many that all happened that there was no way of keeping track of it all. So I figured out this year, I'm just not going to bother saying it anymore because there's a 50-50 chance that I will have the wrong trade. So at some point, I just gave up on keeping track of all the trades. I waited until it popped up on the screen who was selecting next, and I just said that name. And the Carolina Panthers are next at 17. You know, I I literally, Bubba, just gave up on trying to keep track of the trades because there were 43 of them that were executed while teams were on the clock. Yeah, I mean, and it felt like there were 43 of them in the first round. I mean, it it was crazy. I agree with you. Just watching from home, and it felt like every minute you're like, let's go Adam Schefter with news. And he's popping up there and saying, Greeny, we got a trade here. And he's expl- it was it was fun to watch, though. And I, I can imagine it was a little crazy to keep track. But it was it was enjoyable to watch. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. I'll tell you two other things about the draft. And then I want to get some hashtag crew reactions in here. And I also, I've got to get to the basketball because obviously that stuff was unbelievable as well. But two things. So in my interview with Goodell on Thursday with, with, with Roger Goodell, it really crystallized in my mind. Sometimes there are things that you know, but you don't spend enough time thinking about them. But the law of unintended consequences is a fascinated thing. So the NFL draft, most people I think know, was held at Radio City Music Hall in New York City forever. Mike and I used to do it on radio with the late, great John Clayton. We always did it at Radio City. And one year, Radio City booked the weekend that the draft would have been held and told the NFL, in what turns out to be one of the worst decisions anyone has ever made, guys, you're going to have to push your draft back a week. If there's one thing we know about the NFL, they don't get pushed around. So that's how they wound up going to Chicago that year. And it turned into, by the law of unintended consequences, because of that, This thing has become the greatest traveling roadshow in sports. It's incredible. There were 125,000 people at this thing on Thursday night. And it was so spectacular. Sitting where we were sitting, I wish I could have shown you the view that I had looking out because it was sort of a hill, an incline where those fountains were, which is where ABC set was and NFL Network set was. We were in a different spot. We were actually underneath, inside. We were much closer to the stage than they were. And so I was looking out at that, and it was just a never-ending sea of people. It was spectacular. The noise level was incredible. The energy, the enthusiasm, the entire city, the draft going from place to place has turned into the best thing. It's, it's, it is one of the great things the NFL does now, and it is purely a consequence of unintended consequences. Radio City forced them to do this. This was not something that was planned. It's an amazing story. The other thing I'll tell you very quickly is that for the first time, we were staying, Bubba, in the same hotel as the prospects. That has never happened before. But everyone was in this same hotel. So the league was in the Roger Goodell was in the gym when we all went in there on Thursday morning. Um, so the league officials were staying in the same hotel. We were all in the same hotel. The players and their families were on the hotel. So I go down to breakfast on Thursday morning. You know, it's one of those hotel 
Um, breakfast buffets. You know, I love a breakfast buffet, by the way. Sure. Who we doesn't? have to talk about the breakfast buffet. There's nothing better than a breakfast buffet. Oh, yeah. So I sit down at this table. I've got my breakfast buffet, and these people are sitting next to me, and they recognize me, you know, from the TV. And I say, oh, what brought you down here? And they say, oh, we're C.J. Stroud's uncle and aunt. <laughs> and so I'm sitting next to them. And then I realized everyone there is related to someone. They come over to me a little bit later. Bryce Young's mother came over to say hello to, uh, to Susie Colbert and I. We're sitting and having lunch together. And they're all there. Anthony Richardson, I guess, I'm, I'm in the elevator. I'm coming down. I'm on 21. I'm coming down. It stops on every floor. The elevator was like a good, lengthy experience. And all of a sudden... Open the doors, boom, Anthony Richardson walks in. I'm telling you right now, what is the name of the guy who has become very popular from Game of Thrones, that huge, incredibly muscular, athletic guy that everybody loves? Do you know who I'm talking about? He's an actor. Uh, He's everywhere. (laughs) Do you know who I mean? Do I have the wrong show? Is he not from Game of Thrones? Yeah, I mean, are you talking about- Yes, that guy. Is he from that show? I'm telling you, Chris Jason Hep- somebody, oh, what's his last name? Jason Momoa. Momoa. Oh, he is Game of Thrones. Cal I'm Dogo, telling yeah. you right now, he is not bigger than Anthony Richardson. <laughs> Anthony Richardson walks in the elevator. That man is like chiseled from a block of marble. He, he looks like something that was sculpted, not something that was. And, and Will Levis was on my flight seated next to me. He's another one that if you didn't know who he was, you'd think he was a quarterback. I happened to sit next to Will Levis just on our flight and nothing to do with anything. He just happens to be seated next to me on a flight from New York to Kansas City. He, he, if you didn't know him, you'd think he was a linebacker. These quarterbacks, with the exception, obviously, of Bryce Young, are huge. Anyway, I've got a million stories because it was so much fun, but I'm late. Let me push the read here, guys. I'll come back. I'll do that on the other side, and I will get to all the NBA stuff, Steph Curry and Jimmy Butler and everything. So stay there. We've got an unbelievable morning working and delighted you're with us. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. I, of course, am here in New York and I grew up a, a, a fan of and at various times in my life with my parents, season ticket holder, 
of the New York Knicks, and so I would never have imagined that my first basketball thought this morning would not be Nick-related, particularly with Aaron Rodgers seated courtside and Doris Burke shouting me out on the, um, on the, on the coverage on ABC. But we have to begin with Steph Curry today who in his brilliant career never had a better day than yesterday. 50 points, first time anyone has ever scored 50 in a Game 7 in NBA history. And here's what I said on Get Up this morning, Bubba, and you tell me if I'm overdoing this. You know, Steph Curry has been a first ballot Hall of Famer for a long time. But the way I described him in our book was that there was always a little bit of a carnival element to it. Like Steph Curry, for much of his career, was the guy people said, oh, yeah, of course, he's an excellent player. And there was also an element of, come on out and watch the little guy shoot. He can shoot from nowhere you've ever seen. No one has ever shot like this before. There was almost like a, like a, like a circus element to it. Like it wasn't taken seriously in the same way that LeBron and Kevin Durant have been taken seriously in this era. This era has been defined by those three players. They are, historically speaking, the three great players of this era of basketball. LeBron, Durant, and Steph. And I believe that with what he did last year in the playoffs and what he's doing now, I genuinely believe that Steph Curry has elevated his standing historically. I think he has now gone from being someone who was... Yeah, of course he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Sure, he's one of the most beloved players ever. Yes, he changed the game with that long-distance shooting. But he's not really one of the best players that ever lived. He's not on a level with LeBron or even KD. I think those days are over. I think Steph is getting better. His level of conditioning is ridiculous. He's 35 years old, and he's still running the equivalent of a marathon every time he set foot on the court. He had literally the best day of his career yesterday. And I believe that Steph Curry is elevating his historical standing, Bubba. I believe that Steph is advancing where he will be, and and deservedly so. He is advancing where and where and how he will be remembered in the pantheon of all-time great players. I do not believe that is overstating it when we say that's what he's doing right now. What do you think? I think I probably have to agree with you. I mean, I, I, all year we've kind of been having the same thoughts about LeBron. He's he's still unbelievable at his age, but Steph at, at age thirty five is you know is unbelievable, and he's got many more years to go. And I I, I don't think there's anyone you, I don't think you can disagree with what you just said there. He's he seems to be getting better with age as well, and to be playing at his best right now to do something that no one has ever done in Game Seven right now to have the best most points of all time. It was incredibly impressive. It was an unbelievable array to watch. Like, if you watch that game, I watched every second of that game yesterday. And Steph has always made threes that blow your mind. Like, I can't believe he just took that step back with that little separation and knocked down the three. We've almost become uh, become accustomed to that. The way he finished around the, the rim last night was unbelievable to me. The way he got to the basket, the look-off stuff, going to the left hand, going in there amongst the trees and finding ways to finish left and right, it was incredible. 
against anyone they wanted to throw at him. Everyone is bigger than he is. Steph is elevating. I've always said I thought Isaiah Thomas was the greatest little man in the history of the NBA. Not anymore. It's Steph Curry now for sure. And he is, we're going to have to sit and figure out where he has elevated himself to on the list of the greatest players that ever lived because it is a lofty place. We'll continue in a minute. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.